Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys. Everything sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, you melon farmer? Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Harry Potter edition. Today we are pitching sequels. My name is Michael Schantz. I'm from the How Dare You Awards. Joining me as always, your friend and mine, Mr. Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Hi, Tom. 19 years later. (laughs) Is that where your sequel starts? 19 years later and we're still talking about the Harry Potter films. (laughs) We're almost at the end, friend. Oh, it's been quite the journey. Yeah, it was no small feat to do this series. Yeah. It's a good test case for Halloween and Friday the 13th. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, except, I mean... I having so you know this is something I have zero familiarity with, right? Or, or desire to see. Um, You're you, thankful in the end. You you got to see Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm really grateful for the opportunity um, to see it. Uh, but you were in exactly the opposite, so it's it's a unique situation for us to to approach this from, and hopefully it kind of met in the middle nicely for people. Yeah. Is what I'm hoping. However, that doesn't mean I you're think off- you're going to get death threats, but yeah, <laughs> death eater threats. There you go. <laughs> is that a thing? It is now. Oh, what are death eaters? Are they in this, or is that a different franchise? No, it's this. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> um. <laughs> wow. Your well, mind, some of it, your some mind's of starting to cobweb there. Some of it's rubbed off on me. I didn't even need to look for my notes for that. Nice. Um, there you go. It's literally the only thing you could draw from your memory was Death Eaters. <laughs> you've you've successfully brainwashed me. <laughs> However, you know, none of this means you're off the hook, Mike. You do realize this. Oh, yes. So do you have some information for us? I do. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Tom thinks he's going to upset me with a punishment for making him do the Harry Potter series. Yeah, I'm I mean, fascinated you, to, to. He says I let something slip. Yeah. So I'm fascinated to to find out what you think I will be upset about. Well, I'm worried I may have misinterpreted what you said, but I don't <laughs> think I did. So, okay. uh, do you remember what what? What movie was it that we were talking about? Uh, what Harry Potter movie was it where we brought up the subject of Twilight? Oh, I don't remember. Because <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to make you watch. The Twilight Saga. Uh... Minus the first and possibly best of those movies. <laughs> right, exactly. Because I quite like them. Jesus Christ! As a, div- I quite like them as a as a as a romantic diversion. Romantic. 
I know what we were talking about. It was probably. <laughs> so is that is that bother you sufficiently to watch those movies? I mean, I've seen them all already, so you know. But were you going to watch them again? No. Well, you are now. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a that's a punishment. That's like a rash. That's 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 bothersome. Good. Yeah. But I'm I'm also I'm also a little worried now. I I went out on the limb with a lot of stands that I may have to walk back. <laughs> <laughs> because the Twilight Saga contains at least one multi-part film. Right. Thank you. <laughs> and I believe I've gone record on record saying you're, it's an overall bad idea. You're strongly in favor of discounting any franchise that tries to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That isn't a Tarantino movie. Absolutely. There you go. So, yeah, we... But, you know, not, not right away. We'll have a palate cleanser, something we can both enjoy. And Agreed. Then, and then... Uh, Straight uh, into? So get recording. They're all on Showtime. Ugh. God. You have no all excuse. Right. That's funny, too, because I was flipping channels the other day, and the first one was on. Uh-huh. And I remember thinking, man, these movies are bad. Yeah. But I also remember thinking, like you alluded to earlier, I remember thinking, you know, it doesn't get any better than the first one for me, which we're not going to be able to talk about. Well, yeah, I just, I, I like I say, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a Twilightist. All right. But... When I remember we, we had a discussion and my We were talking, I remember now because we were talking in our introductory episode to this series of yeah. Harry Potter when I brought up Stephen King's quote. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and my first thought was, well, my first thought was, ooh, sounds like Mike doesn't like it. I wonder <laughs> if I can use this. But my second thought was, oh, you know what? That's a set of, a set of uh, movies in this in this, in this kind of oeuvre, yeah, right. That I, that I'm well, in kind of a same timeline, okay right? I sort of, I'm generally okay with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the perception is that that you know that that it it's inferior to the the Harry Potter franchise, but certainly from a marketing point of view. Uh, not least because there are some cast members that cross over. Um, they were very much trying to, you know, find another um, book series that teens loved. Right. To peddle and, you know. Uh, and so, but I can only assume that since you had never seen Harry Potter until I forced you to. Mm. And because you made the conscious choice to go see all the Twilight movies mm-hmm. and have announced already that you quite like them. So there's no retroactive. There's no you do, you do not consider the Harry Potter series better than Twilight. I'd have to rewatch the Twilight sequels to compare them. Um, but not none of any of this is better than the Prisoner of Azkaban. Right. 
but we we've talked extensively about that. I think that's a better movie than 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 e- than is in either of these franchises. Yeah. Um. I think one. Oh, or two, I just wanted to get on record that be. if you think as a series Twilight's better, you're fucking wrong. I'd have to go back and see. It's been a long time since I've seen them. All right. Well, re- we'll look forward I to that. I remember not minding them in principle when everyone else seemed to hate them. And thinking they had something interesting to say. I may be wrong. I may have condemned myself to a to yeah, similar fate to yours. <laughs> I'm thinking, all right, let's get off the topic because we'll get there when we get there. I, I could, or I, I'm already thinking of a delicious trap I'd like to set for you based on all our previous conversations about things that bother you in movies, but... For sure. Let's pitch a sequel. I want you to pitch first. I want you to pitch first. No way. We're not leaving... Fucking hell. We're not not leaving the Harry Hater for for last dibs. What are you, nuts? It's it's Harry Potter, not Harry Hater. (laughs) I think you're you're thinking of, like, the, (laughs) the public domain version of Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> I'm I also just, wanted, just I just too fascinated, to off, Tom, to see what a I self-described non-lover of Harry Potter does. I don't you have what? that many references, so I was hoping that you would say a few things, and then I could pretend that I knew them all along. <laughs> Which is what I've been doing this entire time, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> I um, think I, I think I was intuitive to that. And maybe it's one of the other reasons I want you to go Just first. Everyone, listen back to the number of times Mike talks gobbledygook for five minutes. And I go, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that happens a lot. That is because I do not understand what he said, but I want to pretend that I did. Okay, I'm, I'm happy to go first. Are you sure? You're absolutely right. Like I've had to go outside, outside the Harry Potter universe to make a Harry Potter sequel make sense in my mind. Okay, that's not surprising. No, it's not surprising. Uh, So I'm motivated by three thoughts. Thought number one: I don't want there to be another Harry Potter movie in the world. And I don't think there should be. I think even people maybe who enjoy Harry Potter feel that way at this point. Oh, I think you're underestimating <laughs> Harry Potter fans, but go on. Four more years. Um, <laughs> and uh, the second thought is, for better or worse, this is a very British franchise. Yes. What we like to do in Britain when we revive a franchise that should be long dead, (laughs) the way that we put it out to pasture is by doing a Christmas special of it. So like every once great every like once great sitcom on British TV has a terrible Christmas special attached to it. And it's a way of saying this property is dead. So they just Star Wars everything up just at the end instead of at the beginning? Yeah. All right. Um, the third thing, the third thought, thought number three. <laughs> there's, no, there's no other way I can say it. Um, 
You're absolutely right in the previous episode. I am interested in what happens in that 19 years that we don't see. Mm. And specifically the question of, at what point does Draco get redeemed? Ah. So, my... On my mind too, just so you know. Oh, interesting. You Yours might follow something that actually happens in the books. <laughs> <laughs> My movie's called Pottersville. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's it's Harry Potter's It's a Wonderful Life. Go on. Following the defeat of the man with no name, Voldemort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Those two sentences have angered so many people. Um, the people who supported Voldemort and the people who fought against him, there's a lot of tension. Uh, you know, what is a, what amounted to a kind of civil war in the world of magic? It's difficult to reconcile those two sides. Harry Potter's solution is to uh, create a town called Pottersville, which will act as a social experiment where people from both sides of the war can live together. And his bright idea... What, he's clamping it? Clamp? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Um, But but very much in a, a, you know, uh, we have... Well, actually, I think of it more of um, that mixed human ape colony from battle for the planet of the apes mm. i mean we'll get there but <laughs> right you know they're trying to coexist basically dark magic and and light magic are trying to coexist these are all the wrong words but whatever as always i just let it pass with the man who <laughs> I must know. not be named i know i could just, the I, fuck you I said i feel the hate within you um <laughs> And and Harry Potter makes a point of inviting Draco Malfoy to join him and and be you know uh, lead the town with him. Unfortunately, you know Ron, Hermione, Neville, everyone who suffered under the yoke of his father and him and Voldemort are less sympathetic to this idea, and he's basically <laughs> you know bullied by everyone in the town uh even you know even his own people um and so draco he turns again he turns once again to dark magic in frustration at how he's being treated and he comes up with a spell that is able to go back in time and prevent harry potter from being born Okay. So he can so he does and so Harry Potter disappears from existence and we get to see what would have happened if Voldemort had been unopposed in his challenge to evil. And it it's basically man in the high castle, you know, there's like <laughs> it's like an alternative as if Hitler if Hitler invaded Britain. Now I of. don't mean to Fuck your shit up. Yeah. 
but based on the original source material, there was another boy that could have been the chosen one. Hmm. And so, in your if if Harry does not exist, mm. would not the logical thing for Voldemort to do is go ahead and choose Neville Longbottom? Is that going to play into it? No, but it will now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but ba- basically, you know, uh, the whole of the planet is a, is Voldemort's slave labor camp. He doesn't even, you know, it's like a he uses it for magical experiments, you know, keeping people who oppose him in concentration camps. He's not even on this planet; he's somewhere else. Um, uh, so Draco kind of very, this this thing is only an hour. It's Christmas special. Um, so when Draco realizes it's not a good idea that the world he fight he realizes the world will be worse off with Voldemort it's it's, it's good that Harry Potter has lived but he has no way to reverse the spell uh, he's caught by Voldemort who you know sees him practicing magic that he hasn't authorized and asked to explain himself and he says well I come from this alternative reality in which this boy called Harry Potter you know, defeated you, and uh, and I was I was bullied, and I wanted him to not exist. And Voldemort is so bored of being completely unopposed by anyone, <laughs> he creates a spell which brings Harry Potter back to life, just to have the challenge of someone to defeat, because that's what really drives Voldemort is the battle hmm. of good and evil, not um, not just unopposed evil that's it interesting it's only an hour long that's another (laughs) favor I'm doing to the world I knew I knew you'd find some way to degradate poor Harry Potter and the entire series by shitting on it with your sequel have you also noticed the other choice I've made in terms of casting Not really any Harry Potter in the movie. No, yeah. And barely any Ron or Hermione. Oh, for fuck's sake. So there you go. That's the best I can do. And again, no one would... No one would... Being a Christmas special, it has the advantage of, you know, some kind of deniability that it exists. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't consider that the, you know, Only Fools and Horses Christmas specials exist in the real world that's a British sitcom for those who don't know or the Vicar of Dibley Christmas special doesn't exist (laughs) alright well interesting I went a more traditional route so you would have another movie at the end of the what is clearly the final movie well, and that's the problem is, I think I talked about this with the Back to the Future series. It's it's difficult to pitch a sequel to a series that wraps up its story in such a way that it makes you say, we don't need any more of these. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 
as far as I'm concerned, like, let's have as many uh, movies as there are years between, uh, you know, in that last movie when we time jump. That's a I'll ridiculous take a movie every year. statement. That's a ridiculous <laughs> statement. I'll take, I've never I'll... heard anything <laughs> so ridiculous. You want 19 more Harry Potter movies. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Oh, okay. So, so what? Ye- what? Which of those nineteen years do you focus on? The next year. Okay. When. So not- and it was interesting, you know. <laughs> I, I I was playing around with this idea at first, and then I thought, hey, wouldn't it be interesting if, because Harry missed his seventh year of school, that. He just went back to school the next year. <laughs> so you've you've Rodney Dangerfield the idea. That's yeah, what you're bringing. Exactly. To. But I discounted that idea because when you destroy the most evil wizard in the world, I think you're graduating with honors, <laughs> even if it's honorary. So yeah, you just give them the diploma. Yeah, they just give, they they all three get their diplomas. So bearing that in mind, I am calling my movie. Harry Potter and the Missing Auror. Missing Aura? Auror, yeah. Do you know what an Auror is? Yeah, I mean, outside of this franchise, I know what an Auror is. It's not something that's talked about in the franchise, right? It is talked about in the franchise. Ugh. Well, I know what an or I know what the word means. What does it mean in Harry Potter language? It, it, uh, somebody who works for the Ministry who catches dark wizards. Not like a soul as it means in the real world. Correct. Okay. So. <laughs> and you think this is an underused device in franchise? <laughs> Just like, you know, let me, let me. Get yeah, through. sorry, sorry. Harry Potter and the Missing Auror. He is. <laughs> He is welcomed with open arms into the Auror's office. This is his lifelong ambition to work there. Once you kill Voldemort, I mean, you're getting the job. Probably not even an interview necessary, I would say. But immediately upon starting to work at the Auror's office and being trained to be an Auror, who goes missing? Kingsley Shacklebot. You from your quotable, to... from your quotable, because I'm I'm guessing you might not remember who this is. Yeah. From your quotable of, you got to admit one thing. Oh, Dumbledore's okay. got style. Yeah, cool African guy. Yes. Now, <laughs> the ore has gone missing. Harry and the rest of the ores need to find him. Harry, being who he is, who's he going? Whose help is he going to enlist as he embarks on this challenge? Uncle Vernon, Ron, and Hermione. Now, I mean, I'm not going to go through everything, but the cru- like what the crux of the story is, it will have turned out that Voldemort, in his rage actually did not kill Grindelwald. 
Mm. And Grindelwald will escape from prison and gather ashes, the ashes of Voldemort, and be looking to find a way to resurrect them Mm -hmm. so that together, because Grindelwald couldn't defeat Dumbledore and Voldemort could not defeat Harry Potter, but together, perhaps they could destroy the Chosen One, Dumbledore's Mm. already gone, and then they could rule the world. I'll tell you something I really like about this. Uh Uh-huh. It reminds me of all those uh, Hammer Horror, Christopher Lee, Dracula sequels. Right. (laughs) That all begin with, like, some, some variation of... How do we like reanimate the ashes of Dracula at the beginning? Yeah, of exactly movie? right. Yeah, <laughs> um, so that uh, that speaks to me. Okay, so I like that we're in the ministry as well. But you, you always like the ministry, exactly. Yeah. Now the other part of it is that, unbeknownst to even Shacklebot, is that a long way down the line. Part of his lineage is connected to Voldemort. So in order to resurrect the ashes, Mm -hmm. it's not the blood of an enemy. It's the blood of your blood. Wow. And who do they, whose help do they enlist? Or, well, not they, because Voldemort's not there yet, but whose help does... Grindelwald insist upon Uncle Vernon, the Malfoys. So the Malfoys, who are, I mean, they are spinning wheels trying to stay out of Azkaban. Right. And trying to say that they're reformed and doing anything and everything to show <laughs> that they have truly finally changed are now forced to make a decision, die or help this evil wizard. Mm. And so Lucius ends up helping him for fear of because his wife, Narcissa and Draco are kidnapped. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. So, at any rate, as we move along, Lucius is trying, you know, against his will, trying to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Harry starts gleaming on to what's going on. He, Hermione, and Ron have to not just save the day, but actually save Draco. They're going to actually work, like, you know, Lucius will actually end up working with him. Mm-hmm. And save the day. Hmm. And so this answers the question of the nod from Draco at the train station 19 years later. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> uh, so one thing that seems missing there for me, given that you're sort of doing a traditional sequel. Yeah. Is Hogwarts. Would that come into play anywhere or would you be completely cutting loose from Hogwarts I mean I 
Would the fans stand for there being no Hogwarts? Well, I guess to to your point, it's it's not central to the plot, but I always kind of imagine Hogwarts as a part of it in the sense that one of the clues they need might end up being at Hogwarts. Yeah. So, but it gives a chance to see I guess it wouldn't have... Minerva in charge of the school and, you know, just to have yeah. some of these great people that we love. It would still, they'd still be rebuilding it to some extent, right? I mean, it's a year later, so I don't know. Can't you magic it back quicker than that? You tell me. <laughs> no, but it'd be good to see. Cause but that, yes, I, I think it would play a part, but it's not pivotal. Because, well, I guess you've got 18 more movies to deal with it. But right. by the time we get, you know, after the time jump, Hogwarts is is rebuilt. So it'd be nice to have some sense of how you did that, how you... I would not say how you rebuilt the building, but how you restructured everything inside. Because that's... uh, That's a big deal in Harry Potter always. Yeah, but I mean, they're just going to put it back, aren't they? Well, no, they have entirely (laughs) new leadership. We've never seen what Hogwarts is supposed to be like. We've only seen it in... (laughs) In chaos, in battle, in war... Divided against itself, under government supervision. Be nice to see us like, well, you know, what would it look like when nothing particularly bad is going on? You do have that moment. I mean, I guess, you know, you have the you have a couple of moments at the end of Deathly Hollows Part Two. You have McGonagall saying, Slytherin House, it's time for you to choose mm. either evil or the school. And mm. Then you also have Harry referring, talking to his own son, telling him that, you know, he's named after two headmasters of of Hogwarts and the one from Slytherin is the bravest man I ever knew. So there's Mm. probably a coming together of all the houses and it is probably a new day at Hogwarts in that sense. Mm -hmm. But there's always going to be a few people, Tom, lurking about who want to latch on to the evil. Yeah, put some, put some water on those ashes and uh, <laughs> revive that sea monkey, Voldemort. <laughs> <sighs> no, I mean that's exactly how it would go down. I think, you know, it's uh, if you were gonna build a whole another set of series for like Daniel Radcliffe to come back. Too, which is your nightmare, I understand. But it would all probably revolve around his being an Auror. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So there you wow. have it. Harry Potter and the missing Auror. Wow. One Boom. of 19 <laughs> in Harry Potter Phase 2. <laughs> well, all right. I- I don't think there's much contest there, but Oh, I agree completely. <laughs> no, I'm 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 agreeing with you. <laughs> the fact that you know all the words to describe As to what, what I'm speaking about, about. <laughs> <laughs> really helps when you're pitching a sequel. <laughs> this is what it must be like to to be like the the screenwriter of I suppose I don't even need movie to movie five six it. or seven part one 
of like that guy, the the you know the person who wrote Jason X, who'd never seen a Friday the Thirteenth movie. There, yeah, right. It's just like he's a he has this power, right? <laughs> he can do. He can become a robot, can he not? And they say something like very early on in the movie along the lines of. He has the power to reanimate flesh. That's not something that anyone has ever talked about before. Right. That's what it must sound like. He's always got to be struck by lightning or some shit. Right, yeah. This is... He's not a marvel of modern science. (laughs) Well, I mean, he is, but that's not the point. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen... (sighs) <sighs> regardless of what Tom and I think, we want to know what you think. So you're going to vote on your favorite uh, sequel that has been pitched here today. If you want uh, Tom's Christmas special, please let us know. Sorry, Tom, I laughed in the middle of saying your your Christmas special. I apologize. It's called Pottersville. Pottersville. Which is a pun of, on uh, It's a Wonderful Life. I'll have I you get know. It. Uh, and so all the networks or you could (laughs) vote for harry potter and the missing or let us know on facebook uh instagram or twitter send us an email to everything sequel at gmail and let us know let tom have it i say and by have it i mean not the votes i mean scorn and ridicule really anything left for you to say tom (sighs) can i use the loo Very good. That's from Half-Blood Prince. All right, we'll see you next time for our next series. I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, take care. I like to think I know something about beer. But nowadays, even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day, you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need. The Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer.